I I just want to start off like if you don't if you don't know me, uh, none of that's real. I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's all real. I'm great. Um, there we started off like. Um, I need to do two things before I, I get started. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jim Morris. Um, I moved to Eastern Washington. I became Jimmy John. I'm now um, lost in name calling, which is actually true with most of my life. Um, I walked into the vineyard in 1992. It was a church plant in Yakima, Washington, out of Oahu. We end up inheriting or renting out a uh, sheet metal warehouse building blocks away from here on the, um, in the downtown area. We converted a storage unit for sporting good because we started outgrowing that facility. We moved to Union Gap to a bowling alley. We kept four lanes for the youth group. Youth group. We then moved to YBC and we set up every single Sunday for over a year. And then in the early 2000s, we moved down here. The senior pastor at the time um, was the pastor before me. His name was Wayne Purdom, is Wayne Purdom. Um, he's still with us. And uh, <laughs> just because this is what it's going to be like for the next half hour. So uh, <laughs> you guys can decide what delivery is like. And Wayne really had a vision of what would it be like to, to minister uh, in the downtown area when what we know as white flight was happening and everybody was moving out of downtown area. And it gave us a hope and it gave us a vision to be a kind of people that didn't just believe something but acted upon our beliefs. And what I love about this congregation, not the church building, because as you heard, there's lots of church building. But what I loved about the Yakima Vineyard is that became part of the ingredient of this church. And I want to, I want to applaud you for keeping that going, and for Dave Hansen, for Dusty Aronson, among many, many others. It's not just enough to have faith, but what you do with your faith is vitally important. The second thing I want to say is that I have some family here, and it's my nephew's birthday, and he's turned 25, and so I don't want to take a lot of time because I have a long, long message. Dusty gave me three hours, and he said I need to be done by three o'clock, and I didn't for those who have headsets on, 3 o'clock. So we'll do it fast. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Aaron. Happy birthday to Special credit if you call them A.A. Ron. I'll leave that one. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your life in us. Lord, it is a gift. The gift of salvation. The gift of reconciliation. The gift of Emmanuel, God, with us. We don't take it lightly. And in this Advent season, God, we're so thankful for your great love for us. We give back to you what you gave to us to you and to others, God. Let that be so this morning. Amen. Um, if you're just joining, if you're just visiting here, Dusty and his team has been in a series called Advent. The first Sunday, two Sundays ago, was on hope. Last Sunday was on peace. And I get to talk about joy. And I appreciate you guys putting the ornaments up for me. That's very kind. 
the joy in there. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be honest. We don't do this well. And uh, I don't want to start off with a, a negative moment, but I feel like the church has, has lost its way in celebratory things, of just finding a place of just, it's just good enough to be together. It's just really good to have dinner together and hang out and to be together. Um, I realized just recently that I'm not good at waiting and I'm not good at being joyful in the day in and day out. I, I just started woodworking about two years ago. I'm not good. And it's really enjoyable at turning 50. Uh, I know some of you are looking going, really? Wow. And some of you are thinking, I thought you were much older, but that's okay too. Um, and so at 50 years old, I decided I want to start doing woodworking. Um, um, my daughter's boyfriend bought us what we now call the reverse dowry. Uh, it's a small lathe, and I'm learning how to um, use chisels and things like that. And so far, all ten fingers are with me, and that's really the sign of a good woodworker um, if you have all your digits when you're done. So I bought some stuff, and I was having it shipped to me through UPS. And nowadays, they have these little tiny links that you can click on. It tells you where it is. It's amazing. So I know exactly where it is and how it left uh, Minnesota, and it went from here to Tacoma and Tacoma to my house, and it said, it's on the truck. It's going to be great. I went to bed that night, and I went, what happened? They said, well, it didn't deliver. It's going to go out the next day. The next day. The next day. The next day. And now I'm calling the company because, you know, I'm entitled. I'm... Uh, I know things, and you might not know I know things, but I have a link to UPS, and I know where it is, and it's not being shipped to me, and I'm really ready to do woodworking things. And then day six, and day seven, and finally it comes, and I'm thinking, I am the most impatient person on the world. On the whole planet, I, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with Starbucks. I'm frustrated with traffic. I live on the wrong side of the mountains, by the way, now. If you're going to be stuck in traffic, you're going to have to find Jesus one way or another. <laughs> I'm also not patient when it really comes down to it. I started serving Jesus when I was 15. I joined the vineyard, as, a, as I said earlier, in 1992. I am not very patient when it comes down to it in this season that we're in, this now and not yet season. Because so we get to celebrate part of what we were singing about. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We are just longing. We're hopeful for Jesus. But we get to sing from the other side of that, right? We know that He came. We know that God, Emmanuel, was with us. It's so exciting. But we also know that He is still coming. He's returning. And so that season that we're in, that we've been in for 2,000 years now, feels like 2,000 years for me, only at 50 years old. It feels like, you know, you're waiting. You're waiting for Jesus to come. And how we act and how we minister and what we do in between this time really is what it's all about. It's not just about us getting saved. It's so important. It's so important for us to be reconciled with God. But what we do with our time, the enacted part, is vitally important. I would say that that's, that is life. Or as the prophet Tom Petty once said, the waiting is the hardest part. So we have all our days filled and we have waiting every single day for Jesus' return. But right now we're celebrating the fact that Emmanuel 
was here and did come. And because of the second chapter of Acts, we know that we're never alone. That the Holy Spirit was with us. Amen? That's great news. If you have your Bibles, I want to read part of Philippians chapter 2. That's our theme for Advent. It's the fact that Christ met us right where we are. Emmanuel, God with us. And how he did it is just as important. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's not just the delivery of a good gift. It's how it's wrapped, right? Some of us don't care how it's wrapped. I go to the dollar store now. I buy some bags. I put it in there. Sometimes I even tie it up. It's really nice. But sometimes people, my wife is really good at this. She's amazing, actually. She wraps a gift. When you get that gift, you feel like, man, I got a gift. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same joy, being one in spirit and one in mind. Press pause. This is the Apostle Paul talking to a real-life church, not a building, the community of God in a town called Philippi. We have it now as the book of Philippians. It's a letter from Paul to encourage this church that's beginning. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Boy, I just put a dampener. Just, I mean, let's just be honest. That's a tough thing to walk through in our holiday. Let me read it again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset and the mindset of Christ Jesus. What's the mindset of Christ Jesus? Paul gives it to us right here. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human kindness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name that is above every name. And that name is Jesus. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Of all the ways God could have come, great power, He showed up as a child. It is the most humbling thing. Have you had a child? Have you ever held a child? Have you ever seen a child at Walmart? You understand what I'm going with this. It's the full dependence. We have a young child right now. Um, you know, we have a young adult group. My wife and I started in Kent, Washington. It's actually in a city called Covington. And Jasper is the joy of this group coming in. Uh, by the way, uh, Baby Yoda, I don't know what's going on with that whole thing. Um, they've changed his name right now to say The Child. And I thought, no, 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 this is a child. It's a cute child. I'm all for The Mandalorian. I'm all for Star Wars. But for me, not The Child. Right? But still, you want a good... Christmas present for a little newborn, dress him up as Baby Yoda. I mean, that's a, good, that's a good day right there. And we pass this joy, this gift around. His name is Jasper. Joy, though, is shorthanded. 
for many of us in our lives. We have bursts and blips of happiness, often initiated by the perfect state of our health, spending of money, taking vacations, satisfying relationship, all those things that can bring us. But joy sometimes, if we're really honest, doesn't seem to be lasting. And maybe it's because we're putting joy in the wrong bank account. But according to the gospel, the greatest joy any of us will ever experience is the direct result of us experiencing the indwelling, ongoing presence of God who himself is joy. Let me just say this real quick. When finally my packages from UPS came, I was joyful for a moment. I had to go to a Christmas party, White Elephant Gift Exchange. I was thinking about it during the evening. I was like, I hope it's, you know, packages are pretty beat up and I finally got my package, and I'm still upset with it. I'm still thinking, oh, I wonder if this is bent. I hope this tool is right. And and even, you know, have you ever had buyer's remorse? You ever bought something from somebody and looked at it and went, oh, thank you? Or that somebody responds to you after you give it to them, not quite the way. It's just a fleeting moment, this joy. But there's a difference between happiness and joy. Fair enough? I can be happy in certain things and then lose happiness, but I have great joy in knowing who Jesus is and knowing when this is all said and done, I get to be with Him. I'm so happy with that, but I'm joyful with that. Have you ever thought that the kingdom of God, this in-breaking, I love how Patty Zink talked about the breakthrough of the kingdom, the rule and reign of God breaking into our here and now. Have you ever thought that it comes with joy? I heard her say, and I agree with that, that sometimes it doesn't come easy. Sometimes you have to pursue it. Sometimes you have to even fight for it. But here's the truth of it. It also, both and, comes with joy. Because when all of a sudden God's presence shows up, it changes us. Joy is a common experience of virtually every person that we've come upon in the birth narrative of Jesus. Jesus wants to have a relationship with us, a real, authentic community with us, and that should bring us joy. <clears throat> I'm going to go off my notes real quick. This was a moment of time when I pastored, everybody started listening. I figured I had to do it at least one time, walk away from my notes. Dusty asked me if I want to walk here, but I'm in, I'm in poor shape. And so walking just seems like something, you know, younger people do. So I'm just going to stay right here. I'm going to walk between here and here. And, and simply say this. <laughs> this, this. This is the moment of time that was like, That joke was really good and you missed it. I'm just... Or not, and it was delivery. Oh, there it goes. I remember hearing a pastor one time saying, when a joke just tanked, just crashed, he says, when you're driving home, you're going to be just laughing. It's going to be great. And everybody laughed as much as you're laughing right now. So let me tell you a story. Um... I I love missions. I love seeing the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God break through in other communities. And so um, the church that I'm now part of, Mountain Vineyard, which is in Covington, Washington, has been meeting and ministering into Nicaragua. And um, there are four churches now. There's four church plants in there. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's 90 degrees and 190% humidity. And I'm not kidding by this. Have you ever, Eastern Washington has a really good thing nobody should know about because they're all going to want to move here. It's like you can be really, really hot and not sweat every single piece of moisture out of your body. And 
I mean, clearly you could dry up like jerky um, here, but that's a different. It's a different. It's a different uh, pressure in there. There, we were just always drinking, drinking water, 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 water. And we went to the Caribbean coast uh, on Nicar- in Nicaragua to a place called Bluefields, and um, we visited a church. Um, her husband, who was a senior pastor, just passed away. So one of the most beautiful things I, I saw in this moment was, in the two weeks that I was there, is that the churches got together, and churches in great poverty, and they did a collection for the widow. And they all gathered together, and they, and they opened up this basket, and they put it all in there, and we sealed it up, and we gave it to her. And we're trying to be there for her to say, we care about you, and as representatives from the United States supporting and in prayer, we just want to say, you have something good. Keep going. How can we serve you? But what ended up happening actually kind of changed me. And I like that any time you come in to a church service, any time you come into a gathering, it could be a home group, it could be a youth group, it could be a mission ministry team uh, outing event, but at some point in time you have to realize that God can come and change your whole life. And I like, I have a pastor friend of mine from Montana. He says, well, it might not happen every time. It could happen any time. And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God breaks through and brings us expectation and hope. And so she looks and she goes, it's, all, it's a very interesting thing. It's almost Jamaican with Creole. And, um, and this lady looks and she goes, Pastor, we have to pray for you. I said, no, no, really, I'm an agenda person and we're here to, we're here to support you. She goes, no. Only like a good, you know, maternal older woman can look at me going, you think you're here and you're in control. You have no say here. <laughs> I, I know that look. I've been married 28 years. And so she looked at him and she goes, we have to pray for you. Now, behind the scenes, I, I had been not feeling well and I, I caught something and my stomach was hurting. And in the vineyard, oftentimes, out of a deep place of respect, we pray. I mean, you might be praying every single Sunday, and was, we ask this question, can we have the ministry team come forward, and can we pray for you? And usually what we do is we pray for some place that's, uh, that's an honoring. We put, it on, we put our hand on their shoulder. We don't mess a good woman's hair. You know, we just, we're kind in there. So she said, Pastor, are you okay if I pray for you? I said, sure. And she takes her hand, and she puts it right here like a full hand on my stomach. I'm thinking, that's not the vineyard model. <laughs> a little bit uncomfortable. And she starts praying for me, and she starts reading my mail. It's an old phrase from the vineyard. We would say that she's saying something that only God could have given her, that there is not a chance in the world she knew. I didn't come in there and say, hi, so, oh, it's nice to meet you. I, there was nothing. I, I had a good rapport. She had no idea. She starts praying for me. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge comes out. She starts praying for my stomach. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, here it is. Presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is there. And then she starts reading my mail at a different place. She goes, not recently, but um, you've had people speak poor words over you. And they've stuck to you. We break that off in the name of Jesus. That's not how God views you. And she goes, this has been going on for years. This has been going on since your childhood. This is how you view yourself. So 
So we come, and I'm listening to her going, all right, who sent what? Is there an email that I wasn't part of? And she continues to go on, and then she starts prophesying, saying, in your future, I'm asking for wisdom that when God blesses you, you know how to handle that blessing. Now, I'm, I have to be honest, I, I am not a, you know, I don't, I don't even what you a prosperity gospel-y kind of person. I'm not trying to figure out how to get something out of this. I feel like this is the greatest gift that's ever been given. Jesus Christ and the salvation of Him. What He's done, sinless life, died, resurrected, and coming again. It is the greatest news, and that's why I do what I do. And so I really wanted to kind of flesh this part. Like, but the other parts were so dead on. The healing that happened to me, and by the way, I was fine for the rest of the trip. And what she said about how I take in words and my insecurity and who I am, dead on. And so now I'm thinking, well, I have to, if I'm going to say this is 100%, this is 100%, maybe I actually have to look at this. What if God wants to bless me? And it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to hold on to it. I actually believe that we're blessed to be a blessing to others. Free people, free people. And so there's a part of this that we change our mindset, we change who we are, because of who God is, it's the greatest gift that He gives us. And that actually leads me into a place of joy. The other thing I love about when the kingdom breaks through is not just joy, but laughter. Now, I was in the vineyard in the early 90s when holy laughter came around for a season. Now, don't leave here when I start talking about renewally stuff. Just walk through it. It was an amazing season. But I remember one evening in the in the planting of the vineyard movement when it was here in Yakima where we were praying and all of a sudden I started laughing and I could not stop and I thought this is the strangest thing I don't know what's happening and maybe it was God I believe it was but here's the other part of that while that's supernatural and it happened one time in my life of walking with Jesus from 15 to where I'm at now here's what I love about getting together with friends I love laughing and you know what that's not sin some, someone here right now is ministered to. Joy and laughter and joking, not coarse joking, not picking on people, not marginalizing people, but real laughter, that's a gift of God. I used to go to this worship event in Colorado, and we would laugh for so many hours that when I was flying home from Denver, Colorado, I would go, what's wrong with my face? Oh, I hurt because I've been using muscles I haven't used. Smiling muscles, happy muscles. I was like, wow, that's painful. Maybe I need to exercise something more. Many people who have come to faith in Jesus have stories that include the word joy. Joy is a sustained sense of well-being, dictated not just by circumstances, but rather by relationship. Psalm 30 verse 11 says, You turn my mourning or my wailing, my sorrow, into dancing. You remove my sackcloth, this dirty clothes, and clothe me with joy. Wouldn't you rather have joy than what the world gives you and the smog and the pig pen, if for those of you remembered Snoopy world that we live in? Um, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is talking about a joy that is experienced 
And so I figure like quoting Jesus in a church is a good thing so we can say this is what Jesus thinks and maybe we can think in that direction. It's a story about three lost things, but really if we're honest with it, uh, we've labeled this maybe incorrectly. Because it's not just about three things being lost, it's more than that. It's them being found. So the first one is a, a discussion of a lost sheep. And that lost sheep all of a sudden is found. Um, and there's a lost coin, which I want to go to in just a second. And it's found. And then the, the, you know, the, the culmination of the story is this beautiful picture of a lost son who recovers the relationship. But I want to read Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. And I want you to see the end of this short story. Luke 15. Let's start with verse 8. Or suppose there's a woman who has silver coins, and she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls all of her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God, of the angels of God, over one person who is lost, a sinner, a, a person who is stranded, a person who's trying to do it all on their own, who repents. There's joy. When salvation happens, when recovery of relationship occurs with Jesus and other people, angels go crazy. Now you're thinking, well, look, I think I don't I see a different. I see a you know early European type of heaven where small angels and cherubs are painted in pastels and things are very subdued, I think you're going to have a big shock when you get to heaven. And especially if you get to heaven before Jesus comes back, it's going to be loud. There's going to be celebration. I don't know what it sounds like when a million angels celebrate, but I'm gathering it's not going to be something like a golf clap. And I don't think they're all going to be British. Oh, look, Jimmy came to the Lord. Very good, very good. Quick, put some pastel on the ceiling. It's good. Now, it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be joyful. Another way to say this is not just that they rejoice, but they found joy. I don't know if you've ever thought this through, but do you realize that the greatest gift that you have to give to Jesus is yourself? Not just your actions. Sometimes we want Jesus to be a, uh, a benevolent dictator, a benevolent manager, where we come up and go, hey, you got something for me? And he goes, way to go, slugger, go do some work and come back when you're done. That's not Jesus. And in fact, Jesus, when he called his disciples, he walked with them day in and day out for three years. He likes being with people, even like us. Let me say this in a different way. You are his gift. That's why he celebrates. When somebody opens up a present, like, this is what I've always wanted. And you're so, you know, you're so excited. Years ago, I, I brought up uh, when I was a pastor here that I collected Star Wars toys. 1970s, when Star Wars came out in 1977, there was a catalog called the JCPenney catalog. It was the king of Amazon back then. And you opened through this, and there was a Star Wars section every single year. And I know this because every single year I took my El Marco pen and I circled the things that I did not have and I crossed it. 
But the one gift that I never got was the real size 1977 Millennium Falcon. It was the greatest gift for anybody my age back then. I was 10 years old in 1977. You put your age together, you realize I'm 52, not 50. That's okay. You know, it's, it's just tithe. It's just, that's all it is. I missed it by a couple years. And somebody came up to me and they said, I want to let you know there's a new thing called eBay. And I'm trying to find a full-size Millennium Falcon for you right now. I'm like, no, 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 I don't need it today. I needed it back then. And then really, I didn't need it then. But that was the hope. Some of you have opened up your presence and what you hoped for was in front of you. And it was there. When you come to the Lord, if you're leaning that way, if you're investigating Jesus, I want to let you know what kind of hands you're walking into. Jesus looks at you and goes, I've been waiting for this gift. I'm so excited. Stop everything. All right, hold on. Everybody, angels. It's what I've always wanted. Put your name there. That's how he thinks about you. Um, my daughter has a phrase. My daughter, Sarah, uh, who is turning 21 next uh, in February, which is crazy. And for if you, if you were here part of, you know, part of the journey that I was in here, my kids were born and raised here. My, my son's now serving in the church, actually my church, which is very exciting, and doing youth ministry. And my daughter is still in Texas. And I remember telling her one time, I said, you know, God calls you to love everybody. But that doesn't mean you're going to like everybody. I know you're, some of you are shocked by that. You're thinking a pastor can't say that. But, you know, some people you just get along with. Now, we love everybody and we're kind with everybody, right? Because we're church people. But some people we actually like. My daughter has gone to the next step. And she actually looks at somebody and she goes... I like your face. And what she means by that is not, I, it's more than just love, like a have to love, a committed love. It's more than just a like. I actually like you, all that you are. I actually look at you and I go, man, I like your face. I get to say that here a lot because there's a lot of you. Some of you are new friends. I'm just meeting, but some of you I've been walking with this uh, Christianity, with walking with Jesus for a long, long time. I think Jesus looks at us and says, I like your face. Well, besides joy and besides laughter, the kingdom also breaks in and brings us singing. Have you ever noticed that this church is a little bit different than some churches where we don't break up worship? It's very intentional. It's not just doing one song and then having a public word of affirmation and another song. We actually believe that you can experience God in worship and that we don't have to manipulate or change or do special aromas and flashing lights and neon and stuff. You have a right to have a relationship with Jesus. By the way, if you need neon, and, uh, and I'm, I know I'm going to be pushing off on, on, into deep water and a thin ice, if you will, but I get to say something because I'm visiting right now and Dusty gets to clean it up after I leave. It's freedom. That's why we take our offering before the message. Nobody put that together until right now, right? So we get to say things. The problem with it is if you need laser lights to connect with God, 
then what are you going to do when you're in traffic? Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Hey, kids, will you uh, turn the laser lights on and the fog machine? You take care of that. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm saying that that shouldn't be the catalyst, the only catalyst, the only place. It should be the fact that Jesus is alive. And then all of a sudden he meets us when we're standing in line at Walmart or Costco or the post office. He can meet us wherever we are all the time because he is God Emmanuel. He doesn't need all this stuff. Now sometimes, you know, I like loud music. I like rock and roll show. Angels sang at Jesus' birthday, the birth of Christ. And we view that this is an important part of our church. The connecting with Jesus. There was a song that we sang earlier, and um, I wrote the lyrics here. My heart is open. We just kept singing this. My heart is open. My heart is open. Now, for some of you, if you're just visiting, you're thinking, Do we, we get it. My heart is open. But we're saying something. It's like holding a child and going, oh, I just love you. And if it changes, I'll tell you then. No, that would be silly. If all of a sudden I fell in love with my wife and I go, hey, I love you, and if it ever changes, I'll tell you. No, I keep telling her I love her. Holding a child and going, I love you. Yeah, I do. I love you. We do that to God and God does that back to us. Um, I want to do one more scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. And I want you to hear rejoice and when you hear rejoice, I also want to hear joy. And I apologize. I'm a bird with shiny things. So there's a little talking in the balcony. And I don't want to embarrass or shame. Yep, I'm going to let it go. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry of talking over you. And I'm not trying to, I know it's going to be really weird and stuff like this, but I'm just that guy that I can't do it. I apologize. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now I know last week was about peace, but I think there is a part of this that peace leads us somewhere. And I think peace leads us to joy. There's so much in this text. I was surprised by gentleness. I was surprised by being non-anxious. But my hope in hearing Philippians chapter 4, specifically 7 and 9, is for you to see the peace of God in this season. So I have to be honest, as I started off with this, it is very difficult for me in December to find peace in our season. How many of you have too many white elephant gift exchanges? How many of you have too many family events? How many of you have so many things to do that somewhere in there you're thinking, I hope I find Jesus? I'm the same way. 
As I said earlier, I, I'm a bird with shiny things. I find myself over and over again saying, I have to find a place that I connect with the living God. Because distractions come from all over the place. Paul, in his conclusion of his letter of Philippians, could have said so many things, and ultimately he says, don't lose peace. So I want to close with this idea. I had... To go, can oh, not there. I might have broken it. Okay, Dusty says ramp. Look at the time. Go on. End. Okay, I'm gonna do this. So think about all the times we hear Christmas carols and we miss the meaning of this. Holy night. We just sang it a second ago. Truly, He taught us to love one another. His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chains He shall break. For a slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful choruses raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name, which leads us to a place where it says, your knees. Now, I have to be honest, I don't know if I've listened to this every time I've walked through Safeway or Albertsons or QFC or Costco. I think many times when this is going on, it just becomes background music. In fact, many radio stations now just have Christmas songs in the background. But sometimes we have to stop and say, what is this season really about? Can we really find, can we really connect with joy? Can we find joy where we are? And I believe so because I believe we can find Christ where we are. And that would be my biggest hope. So here's what I'd like to do to conclude my time here. I'd like to pray, but I want to pray more than just, uh, Lord, help us get through this season. How many of you have prayed that? Lord, just get me to January. Yeah, I know. Me too. I think there could be a moment of saying, Lord, could you break through where we are in this season? Could you meet me right where I am? And Lord, could you help me find real joy? Let me pray. Holy Spirit, again, I thank you for the longevity of the ministry of the Yakima Vineyard. I thank you, Lord, that you have brought hope and peace to this congregation, to this body of Christ. Lord, I also ask that we would be a people who find joy. Real joy. More than just happiness in this season. Lord, would you help us find joy? Would you break through where we are? Would you help us in a real way connect with you? We ask in your name. Amen. I, is there, uh, and I apologize, I should have asked this earlier. Do you have a ministry team? So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Um,
But uh, I also would like to have you just stand up, just a sign of unity as we as we close. And then if I can have the ministry team come forward, and if there's any prayer that you would like to have, I'm just Lord, I just I would love to find you in this season. Would be a great prayer, Lord. I would love to find um, in all the distractions that are going on. I'd like to find you. I'd like to find real joy. We would love to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would lead us not to have all the answers, but Lord, lead us to you. That you would breathe life. Lord, would you open our hearts? Would you open our hearts, God? Would you help us find you right where we are? Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would give us the gift of reconciliation, the gift of redemption. You would speak to us, God, in a way we can hear you. Every one of us here, God. Lord, our greatest gift that we ever have received and that we ever could receive is being in a right relationship with you. And so, Lord, I ask for that this morning. I ask, Lord, that you would give us that gift. Breathe life. If anybody would like to have prayer, we want to encourage you to come down. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son of the, and the Holy Spirit to live out your calling, to live out the life that God has given you. To have boldness and courage and to connect with the living God who evident, just, it is so evident, loves you and adores you and cares for you and is trying to break through all of the noise. Bless you. Bless you guys. Thank you again. And Dusty, thank you for the invitation. We'll see you next time. If you'd like to have any prayer, please come up.